Hello, and welcome to The Embargoed, the only podcast that gives you the unvarnished truth about the world of technology public relations. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that often takes itself too seriously. Every Thursday, we touch on the top stories of the week, dissecting the worlds of technology, business, politics, pop culture, and whatever else we can examine through the lens of public relations and corporate communications. We promise to be honest, straightforward, and mostly irreverent. We'll never bore you with details about which company announced what, unless, of course, we really like the what. Today is Thursday, May 27, 2021. I didn't hear you for a second there, Dave. Yeah, you know, because it's low production values here. So, we're just making uh, welcome. We're patching this thing together. Yeah. We're on nickel, but it's still coming through. Yeah. Welcome to the Embargoed. Uh, hey, you know that song? You know that song that was playing right there? I don't know this song. I had to do some research when you said you would play this song. I, I didn't even know the band, that's honestly. The, that's the Oakland, California-based hip-hop group, The Coup. And, uh, you know, it's, it's strong, man. I, I wanted that song because I wanted to honor uh, George Floyd. Uh, we're celebrating the uh, one year of his, uh, his murder this week. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to get uh, wanted to get The Coup out there because they're, uh, they're bringing it strong for the, uh, for the black community. Yeah, I'll just politely correct you. It's an... Uh, observing or remembering that day, not celebrating that day. Right. Um, Thank you. That's a good clarification. Yeah. <laughs> a good comms note. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, good comms. <laughs> Words matter, right? <laughs> Words yeah, matter. Maybe that should have been the name of our pod. Man. Yeah, Words matter, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I hadn't heard the coup, but I, I did like the opening. But when I did read about them, uh, apparently they were one of the first big political rap bands probably right after what uh public so enemy, mid 90s yeah. mid 90s I, I got into the coup and that sample there uh blacks are too fucking bo- broke to be republicans that's an ice cube sample uh, uh probably 30 years old still holds up as well yeah uh i i listened to this song and they mentioned uh Pete Wilson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And heard that former name governor of the state either. of California. Yeah, former governor of the state of California. And he was not a fan favorite for. Uh, <laughs> not of the coup. Yeah, not of the coup. So. All right, man. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the embargoed. I hope, uh, I hope, 
hope we didn't turn anyone off with our intro right there. My bad. <laughs> Come back. The, the music sounds good. We're going to talk PR. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, you know, I think we've got a short agenda this week, but we still got a lot to cover. Uh, I wanted to thank our um, guest last week, uh, former managing editor at Forbes, Bruce Upton. And for all the new listeners out there, we uh, got a lot of downloads. And maybe that's what happens when you invite somebody like Bruce along. Uh, but uh, we keep growing every week. Kevin and I will have for you in a couple of weeks, hopefully a little bit more to add to the embargo. And we're pretty excited about that. So you will be seeing it. And if you're listening to the show, send us some ideas or uh, suggestions or topics you want to cover because we would be happy to include that or even have you on our show. Absolutely. Number one fan, Ben Stricker, shout out. Uh, always giving us feedback. Appreciate that. Your man, Peter Lowe, uh, recognize him as well. Appreciate that. Uh, Don Jennings uh, threw us some, some ideas and some thoughts uh, this past week. So Don, thanks for that, man. Just keep it coming. Yeah. Uh, we want to make content that you're interested in when it comes to PR and communications and news and whatnot. And, uh, so we're open to open to hearing what you have to say. Yeah. And Juliet Travis too. She, she listens to it with a glass of wine and enjoys it there. So shout out to Juliet. Uh, all right, dude. So we have this feature called comms news. You can use, it was called uh, big pitch before we might name it again. Uh, we might call it talking points or <laughs> this is our little segment where we go every week and, and figure out stuff to talk about um, from a comms perspective. Kevin, what do you got? I like to break down the news, man. I, I to me, like I, I spend a lot of time reading, uh, reading the news. I don't read a lot of books these days, to be honest with you. When I when I read a book, I actually listen to it. I'm more uh, more inclined to do that, but I like dude, to dude, read dude. the news. That, huh? Listening to a book is not reading a book. No, but it's you still but people get, claim yeah, it. It's like watching a movie with without seeing the picture. It's not bad. Yeah, well, it's not but, bad. You still get the story. If you watch a movie, you're not reading a book. So if you're listening to a book, you're not reading the book. So you can't. Whatever, man. You call, I'm there. listening to a book. Okay, I'm listening <laughs> yeah, to yeah. a book. Yeah, I was book actually wanted to, to say, I was wanted to say like a book on tape, but you know, like anyone under thirty wouldn't know what a tape was, so I can't say that anymore. <laughs> but I, yeah, I like listening to books, uh, but I, I like reading the news. I actually like reading newspapers. Uh, I, I still get the New York Times delivered on Sundays. I, I still enjoy flipping through that. Uh, I find it therapeutic, but, but on a daily basis, I'm digesting news. I'm digesting media. And, and so I think in this segment, and, you know, like you say, we went from the big pitch to the sync you comms news you can use. We could call it talking points. We're open to suggestions, but I, what I like to do is I like to just like, I, when I'm reading stuff, I find myself trying to like figure out how this story came to pass from a comms perspective, or what's the comms thread in here, or what, what you know? What's the like the media impact? Like as opposed to just the story, uh, for the story's sake, right? Like what's the comms news? And that's probably just a function of, you know, being in this business. And I I, I imagine like a, I don't know, like a, a doctor might be at a restaurant seeing somebody inhale like a, a tomahawk steak and thinking like, oh man, I wonder what kind of impact that's going to have on that man's arteries, right? So it's like you know you kind of bring your work home sometimes, and and I find myself doing doing that with the news. Do you? I I, uh, I I do watch. I think any comms professional views the news differently than the average uh, citizen. Just like a police officer would view 
a large event differently <laughs> than, than right. you know, a participant or anything like that. So yeah, the news to me, I, I pay attention to it. Uh, when I'm not at my desk, I read a lot of news. Uh, when I'm not at my desk, I try not to watch news afterwards because, uh, you know, usually it's local news or national news. Uh, I kind of get the formula there and uh, I'm, I'm a reader, not a watcher of news. How about that? Are you so, a listener? Do you listen to the news? Do you ever listen to uh, the news? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I, my, the radio I listen to on the news is, is KCBS, which is, is the local news talk radio. Actually, it's just a news channel. It's not even, it's barely any talk. And they repeat the same stories like every half an hour. And somehow I keep listening to it for hours. <laughs> so it's news, traffic, and weather together on yeah. KCBS. Because There's something I, soothing about that. And, and yeah, like it just kind of keeps you up to date on, because, you know, you know, they're going to break in with stuff that's important. Right. You know, you're going to get like the late, I mean, shit, the weather changes, right. You want to like, you want to know the latest. So I, it's like a steady stream of, of information that, uh, that you may or may not need, but you can kind of tune it out or, you know, amp it up if you need to. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good when you used to commute, you could just, you know, listen to it on the way in kind of get caught up with the day. Uh, right now I got an old school clock radio and when I'm getting ready for the day, I just turn it on. And I actually choose that mostly because it's, you hit one button and mm. it just starts making noise <laughs> and you know, it, voices like come Muzak. out of it. Yeah. It's like Muzak for the comms professional. Well, I'm, I'm, if I were going to do a podcast or something, you know, on my iPhone, got to grab the iPhone, you got to hit the security code, you got to go find the podcast and you got to right. pick the podcast. You know, I just hit the little button that says radio on. Boom. Right. It's already cool. set. That's old school. <laughs> I may have said this before, but the best gift I ever got my oldest kid was a $8 transistor radio on Amazon. And he put that by his bed and started listening to San Francisco Giants baseball games when he was about five. Simple gift. Um, and, you know, he still got it. And he doesn't use it quite as often as he, as he did. And actually, my six-year-old's now doing the same thing. But, uh, yeah, the, the radio, man, just, the you know, the flip of the switch. All of a sudden, you're, on, there. you're tuned in. But, you know, when it, when it comes to this this news stuff, like there's always there's a comms angle. Right. Or there's some thread in there that, you know, as a reader with a comms background, you're picking up on stuff. And so I thought what we do today, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, as you know, uh, a big NBA basketball fan as well. And a, and a big Lakers fan. Go Lakers. Got a big game tonight. Game three against the Phoenix Suns in Los Angeles. Uh, I thought what we would do to spice things up today is we would take eight stories that uh, I came across in the media this week, and we would pit them against each other in an NBA-style playoff bracket. So, <laughs> I ran, right, this is going to be great, right? So I, I randomly chose, well, sort of randomly chose eight stories, and we'll go, and I ranked them one through eight, kind of without too much thought to the rankings. But I thought we'd go, hey, let's take one story, and we'll call it the number one story. We'll pit it against the number eight story. We'll talk about each story and like whether we think it's important or um, or interesting from a comms perspective. And we'll choose the winner of that one versus eight matchup. And we'll do the same thing for two versus seven, three versus six and four versus five. And then those stories, the winners in our mind of those stories will move on to the next round. And by the end of our pod here in a half an hour or so, we'll end up with the champion comms related or comms 
important story, news story of the week. Does that make sense? All right. It does. It does make sense. Okay, cool. Do you want to give it a shot? Should we try this? Let's do that. Let, 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 let's give it a shot. Okay. I'm, I'm down. Okay. And I'm going to try to uh, keep notes as we go here so that I can move winners on to the next round without screwing that part of the process Wait, up. How, how do I play? Okay. Well, we're just going to talk about it and we're going to decide. Oh. Yeah, we're going to take these two stories and we're going to mm-hmm. you know two at a time and we're going to talk about them. We're going to decide which is the more important news story this week from a comms perspective or even from a media perspective. Like we, we're just trying to and we're going to hash it out. You and I, you don't have to take one or the other. We can kind of work together on this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can we can pass the ball around uh, like okay. the uh, Golden State Warriors offense from 2015, 2016, and until we <laughs> in, until we get the ball in the hole. So All to right, speak. let's All go. Right. Okay, so our first, I'm going to complicate things right out of the gate here. Our first matchup this week is actually two stories together against a different story. Okay, so our one versus eight matchup this week is I took that um, the Belarusian. Airline, actually, it, it wasn't. I don't even think it was a bell. It was an Irish. No, it was, it was, it was, it was Irish. Air. Yeah, Ryan Irish Air. airline. Yeah. And the uh, you know the, the dictator from Belarus, uh, you know, hijacked, the hell, man, <laughs> right? Took took that thing down because there was a journalist on board whose political views were in opposition to um, to his own, to the government. I mean, I think he did it with the support of the of Putin and the Russian government. And so there was that incident, and there was also an incident. Similar to that, coming out of Myanmar, 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 Myanmar. Thank you. Uh, Formerly the, Burma, Kevin. Thank so. you. Look at you, man. You're all over yeah. this stuff. You're like a yeah. like a social studies teacher or something. So, <laughs> so they so they they pulled a, a journalist off that airline as well. So that's we're going to call that one story because they were related, and I, I didn't want to go to ten total stories. So that's that's one. So that's that's the number one matchup, or that's the number one ranked story right now. Uh, this week, and they are competing against the story of Donovan Mitchell. So, uh, it, you know, it's a basketball story. So, I don't. Do you know what happened to Donovan Mitchell this week? I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. sure a lot of people don't know either. On this, listen, they might not. But it's it's kind of interesting. And and uh, so he is a basketball player, very good basketball player for the Utah Jazz basketball team. And before their uh, their playoff game, their game one uh, game earlier this week, he said, "I'm going to play." And then when the game started, he wasn't out there. And it became a PR debacle for the Utah Jazz because uh, he had said he was ready to go and the team decided he wasn't and they were not in concert, right? So classic comms, you know, miscommunication. Uh, you weren't supposed to say this. I thought it was okay for me to say this. Uh, the decision's not yours, it's ours. So, so that's the competition for us. It seems like kind of an easy one. So that's why I want to start off with that. Like which of those stories is it the comms mishap on the utah jazz side uh or is it the you know the freedom of the press story essentially um about the hijacked uh, airlines or the you know the arrested journalists which, yeah, which well, of those stories is well, more important to you, from you know this one's easy if i'm the executive editor at the economist the washington post or the new york times it's the belarus journalist because it's bigger news it's kind of things but from a comms perspective you know just to study it uh uh, the the NBA Donovan Mitchell one sounds like a, a good a good thing to understand. Like who who speaks for it? I mean, like obviously this guy's probably been chomping at the bit, wanting to play. That's right. And, and he's ready to go. And he probably got you know 
this is what is interesting about mega stars or sports stars or TV and movie stars, uh, or in particular team sports. They they are their own brand in a lot of ways. That's right. They, for, they forget they work for somebody, <laughs> and they don't always have to say that. And like a lot of times, I think when regular folks like us go to work, you you are your own brand. You're your own person, but you do work for somebody, and you got to temper your enthusiasm sometimes. And, and that's probably the message that the comms person for the Utah Jazz is giving to Donovan Mitchell. It's a sensitive topic, right? I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's sensitive because these sports stars, the, the bigger ones, they are, they have a platform and uh, they want to go direct. We've talked about this on the show before. They want to go direct to the media. I think it's an important, actually, I'm glad that we use this one as our, our one verse eight matchup because sometimes in sports and, uh, and in the NBA, you get a great, one verse eight matchup that you think on its face is kind of a no brainer, but actually the Donovan Mitchell story is pretty compelling. I think because it, it really, it demonstrates kind of the power of the individual to communicate the message that he or she wants to get out there, even if it may not be aligned with the message of his employer. Uh, so I, I think it's actually a really it, interesting calm story. Well, it, it is, but it's also, what messes it all up and drives communication professionals insane. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, all you, I, and like, you know, if you were to take this into a corporate environment or in tech PR too, it is the product manager talking to a journalist who forgot to talk, who was not supposed to talk about market share and sales. Right. Exactly. And that, gets out to some journalist at some trade that makes its way up to a publicly traded company and the CEO gets a hold of it. And now it's your fault because you hosted that meeting, Mr. Kevin Wolf, and you should have held that guy down. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, Dave, I'm going to make a judgment call here. I, I think you're right. I think we have an upset in round one of the, uh, of the playoffs uh, right out of the gate here. I think the Donovan Mitchell story is the more important calm story between these two this week. Would you agree? I, you know, uh, since it's the NBA playoffs, I'm going to agree with that one right now. <laughs> all right, but, all right, all right. But it is con- – so, yeah, you're right. The communication story there is far more interesting. The Belarus, uh, Myanmar, freedom of the press story, Yeah, it is – that is like sort of uh, geopolitical uh, happenings. And there's a lot of communications going on there, but it's not necessarily a, a comms. Well, that kind of, I mean, if you want to tease it out and we, you know, the, the comms thread in there is that, you know, the Belarus, Belarusian dictator had to have thought at some point, like, what is the message that I'm sending by taking this action? He had to know that this was going to uh, cause a, an outrage internationally. I mean, I think that, are, you know, other countries are like diverting airlines from, uh, from Belarus, I, you know, I, I think he had to know that this was going to be a problem. So there is a comms thread to it, undoubtedly. I mean, it's not just a freedom of the press story. It's a... Yeah, but but like, it's not one where, okay, it's a dictatorship, dude. It's not like you're going to get too, too far practicing professional communications <laughs> PR with a right. dictator, dude. So, you just chop off your head. You just chop off your head, your yeah. hand. Okay. Yeah. Murder yeah. your family. Right. 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 <laughs> Pull your nails out of your hands. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So I'm, I'm going to make the judgment call. Donovan Mitchell. All right. The one eight yeah. matchup. Let's move on to the two seven matchup. So in the two seven matchup, we've got in the number two spot, we've got Amazon 
buying MGM for, I think it was around $9 billion. Uh, and I used this one because I, I thought it was a nice uh, follow-up to the uh, AT&T, what was it, AT&T HBO story we did last week with uh, Bruce Upton. Yeah. To get another, basically another yeah, 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 it was a t- AT&T Time Warner. Or Time no. Warner, right? So another example yeah. here of a, of a big tech company, you know, essentially in this case, in, in like the infrastructure business, or in the you know uh, retail business, deciding you know we we also want to be in the content creation business. Now Amazon's been in the content creation business, but this is, I think I read this is their second largest acquisition ever, right behind, uh, I think it was 16 billion for Whole Foods. So you know here again we've got this big kind of technology infrastructure company in a lot of ways, uh, deciding hey we want to be on that side of the of the coin, but we also want to. You know, we want to own the content. So that's in the number two spot. And it's going up against a story I read in Business Insider Week in the seven spot uh, about a new app that's apparently got venture capitalists obsessed called Paparazzi. And, you know, it's basically yet another social media application. In this case, you're not allowed to take selfies. The idea is to take pictures and videos of your friends and post those. So, uh, that's the two seven matchup this week. Uh, what's the what are wait, some wait, of the wait, can, you, can, you ex- can you explain that a little bit better? What actually probably not, probably not. <laughs> I, it's not an app I would use, but I think it's it's just another take on social media, right? And it's so I, I, I'm imagining TikTok uh, type videos, but you're not in them. So it's I'm gonna TikTok take a picture or video of you All right, so your story doing your thing. Business Insider says it's a buzzy photo sharing app. Yeah. Instead of photos of themselves, users snap pictures of their friends. Right. Venture capitalists are raising calling the platform brilliant and predicting it will define the summer. Yeah. Yeah. The venture so capitalists who invested in the company? <laughs> yeah, probably. And they're the ones who probably pitched it, right? How does a story like this get written? I think the app debuted like at number one on the, here it is, the top of the US app app store chart. So that's probably how stuff like this gets oh, going. You know, that, clearly, like somebody pitched this story. You're right. It was probably, you know, one of the VCs that invested. Um, it, it, this kind of story drives me crazy, right? Because to me, this is another app that we'll probably forget about like in, I don't know, three months, six months, 10 minutes, whatever the case is. But like, and, but a story like this is hard to get in Business Insider and any PR person pitching Insider, excuse me, would know that. Um, and yet, you know, why, why is this article getting written? So I think that's the comms that or one of the comms. There's also like the, this is just a new version of media that we should probably be aware of. Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a, Something for VC congratulating themselves. Yeah, uh, probably. Twitter feed. Exactly. So. But now the, the Amazon story is interesting, right? Because uh, as AT&T demonstrated, or, you know, that was a, a pretty poor decision on their part to, uh, to go down the content path. So is Amazon making a similar mistake? Should, you know, should there no. be a separation of powers here? Or how do you feel about that? No, I, I, I think, uh, well, I think Amazon's probably getting too big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like they're everywhere. They're buying too much. Uh, no, I, I, I think that for this game, for this round, um, kudos for paparazzi PR folks for getting that hit. I think that, you know, that'll be decent. I, I didn't see it anyplace else, honestly. Um, maybe it's out there. 
but I think the M- Amazon buying MGM is probably the bigger one on this one. Uh, there's there's a lot to be said there. Uh, you know, just just them getting bigger and bigger. It's it's got to end soon, man. <laughs> so. it, it, yeah, you would think, and uh, but it may not end well. I I, I still think. Do you think of Amazon? So just just hitting that one more time. I think I put Amazon and Apple in the same content creation bucket currently. So when I think of you know uh, modern content creators, I'm definitely more inclined to think of Netflix, right? So Netflix is is at the top of that list. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone obvious here in the in the two spot, but I, Amazon and uh, I guess Hulu would be up there too. But Amazon, I, 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 there isn't a bunch of great content coming from Amazon. So this is them. And actually, you know, I guess MGM still makes movies, right? But they're buying a bunch of dated content. Too. I think they're getting like all the James Bond movies I read as part of this MGM deal. Yeah. They're yeah. A bunch of like historical content. Um, but I think the idea for them is, you know, obviously it's all around Prime, right? Like how do we monetize Prime for that? We get people to like sign up for Prime so they can get access to more content but i think they fancy themselves as getting into the content creation business in a big but they way. are a content creation business they're, they're straight up hollywood that's what they're doing and and uh they're following netflix's strategy of owning and buying and producing and distributing the content and that's what you need to do if you're going to be playing in the entertainment space what happened last week with at&t was they tried to do the same thing and integrate it across their their systems, but you know, like I said, it was a cultural thing. I think Amazon's probably a lot more culturally aligned uh, to entertainment than AT and T ever was. Um, Maybe I don't know what it, yeah I don't know what Amazon knows about um, about creating content. Though I mean they're I mean so like if you yeah no 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 you 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 don't create. They don't create content. They there spend money. They spend money to go have somebody else create that content. Yeah. So they, you know, and then, you know, who are they, what are they buying? They're buying the heads of MGM and the machine plus the archive, but they're buying the talent, uh, the producers, executive producers and others that actually, you know, review scripts and shows and uh, pilots so that it becomes... That works if they or... stick with them. I, I think I read in that AT&T deal that they dumped a, like all the HBO people, all the Time Warner, like all the, the content people. And they, you know, decided somehow that the guys who build, you know, teleco and infrastructure had a better idea of what uh, what kind of content we wanted to see. So I think it'll be interesting, but I agree with you. I think that's uh, that's probably an easy win. They probably, you know, they probably win the series 4-0. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to use the basketball yeah. analogy. So yeah. I'm with you. So the two seven matchup here in this case yeah. goes to Amazon buying MGM. Let's go to the three six matchup. Uh, okay. there's a, there was a couple stories. So there was a story about Walmart in the news this week. Uh, I think I saw it in insider also, uh, I guess they're kind of becoming a, a go-to for me, I think from a, you know, kind of a, all the news you can, you can hope to uh, to digest perspective. It's like a like a smorgasbord, like a buffet of news over there. But there's an article about. So this is in the number three spot. We got Walmart. Uh, they were hacked basically, and they sent ended up sending a bunch of what turned out to be, uh, you know, horribly racist emails to many of their members. And so like there was, you know, people would get an email. And All right, dude. Like, I, I gotta. 
I don't know how I missed that one this week. You, you, you are reading the news much more than me. Oh, I know why. I've been busy with trade shows this week. I had two I shows. I didn't do any week. trade shows. Yeah, no yeah. trade shows for me. So, so this was like, this is to me, you know, this is a story about, well, okay, hang on. So that's the number three, that's in the number three spot. And the number six spot, uh, uh, there was a much more positive story about a woman named Corinne Jean-Pierre who, uh, who gave, who, who ran a press conference at the White House this week. And I think she was the first woman of color, maybe the first black woman to in, in 30 years, in 30 years, right. In yeah. 30 years to host a press conference. So I think that's a really important calm story. Uh, and on the Walmart side, it's really, to me, it was about, you know, how do you deal? I mean, this is something that you, as a comms professional, we probably, when we got into this business 25 plus years ago, we weren't thinking about, you know, corporate hacks, uh, you know, uh, email servers being hacked and, and messages being sent out. So this is a relatively new phenomenon for uh, PR people. So, and it's something that the comms person at Walmart or the comms team, I'm sure they, you know, uh, had to jump on this, right? This had to be a big deal. Yeah. For so listen, I think, uh, on, on, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre story, that is a great, great story. I'm glad to see that. I'm looking forward to see how she performs. It'll be interesting. Um, if she will take over for the current, uh, White House spokesperson, because she says she's only going to, the current one says she's only going to stay a year. Um, but from, in, from a comms perspective, you're going to go practice this profession, uh, the Walmart one is probably going to take it, uh, you know, because the, you can actually apply some crisis communications to that, some media relations and some messaging on it. Have you so, ever had to deal with anything like the Walmart issue from a comms perspective? I'm trying to think. I think there was a time. like, uh, Yeah, I did. Uh, we had a situation at a company I was at. was running comms there. And, you know, it didn't get out, but um, it was an internal HR issue, but we prepared everything in case it did come out. So yeah. there were some disagreements there on, you know, what was happening. And, you know, it, it, it was really hard to, you know, you wanted to address the accusations and then yeah. also, you know, protect the reputations of those involved, which included the company. Uh, it ended up, the parties involved ended up splitting ways <laughs> amicably, yeah. but probably still mad at each other, but it never got out. But um, it was touch and go there for a little bit. It's, it's not a fun situation to it's be not, in. But, but there, yeah. there's definitely, there, there needs to be a playbook. I think the lesson for comms professionals in this story is that there needs to be a playbook for how you're going to deal with this stuff, because the likelihood of it happening, especially as you get bigger as a company, it increases. And the, um, the downside, you know, the potential risk, it grows exponentially. And so I, I think there's, you know, you, you, part of that playbook is, you know, being quick, being responsive to this story. Um, part of it is there's like a, there's a set of words, like I'm looking at this Walmart article and the comms team, you know, said they were quote, shocked and appalled to see these offensive and unacceptable emails. I mean, that shocked yeah. and appalled have to be in that communication, right? Like that's, yeah, you look. You've got a glossary of terms. You're like, yeah, we're going with those. Like, those are the those are two important ones. And, and I think it would behoove large companies. And again, I'm I'm sure this stuff exists. And and I've done some work like this in the past. And I've actually I mean, 
helping a client with something similar to this now, but when legal or, um, I don't know, you know, kind of sensitive issues come up and you should expect that they're going to, you need a playbook and you need, uh, I found a, a well, very I mean, useful uh, tool is, a, is an FAQ. Sorry, just to, just to put a fine point on it, like having a, an FAQ developed in advance of, you know, if something were to happen, like here's how we're, you pick a particular issue. It's a hack, it's a, a lawsuit. Like here are the questions that we may need to address and documenting those answers in advance so that you're prepared uh, with the proper response when it when it comes time. Well, a lot of companies that we work with aren't prepared for that. And they they learn that lesson along the way, particularly yeah. startups. I mean, they should they don't need to be prepared pre- prepared for it. So, you know, they don't have the visibility, they're not they don't have the size. But Walmart better have this in place, and I'm sure they do. Uh, you know, this is what a crisis communication firm will do, and these, you know, you'll be paying big bucks for it. <laughs> but you, you ought to be prepared for this. I, I guarantee you, Walmart ha- had this in in their playbook. Absolutely. Uh, I remember years ago when the first time I came, you know, I was, you know, you get hired as, you know, an AE or an intern, and you know, you're making media lists, you're doing news clippings. Uh, I remember the first time I came across a crisis communication plan and it was a book Yeah, and it was a book for United airlines and it had every single possible scenario. And it. it was like 200 pages, uh, you know, everything from a hijacking to food poisoning to uh, arms, guns, plane going down, disappearing. There was a, st- every statement was already, pre-measured right you got to show some empathy then you got to show concern and then you got to show how you're going to solve the problem you know there's a there's a formula for this there is and i don't i honestly you mentioned startups i don't know why every company wouldn't do that whether no no matter how small you are because they're they're trying to make money dude they're trying to try to get a company their biggest worry is not a crisis their biggest crisis is like hiring somebody totally developing a product yeah. But what we found over and over is, you know, small companies are just as susceptible. You get a CEO of a startup out to dinner one night in an expensive steakhouse and makes a bunch of, you know, racial epithets. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got a story in Insider that, you know, that you're uh, that's, you know, that's wiping out your company. So I, I think it it's actually probably overlooked. And to be honest, Dave, I, I know, you, I mean, if you're united, you probably do need a book, but most companies don't need a book. It's it's a little more simple than that, uh, and I don't think you have to you know bill a thousand hours thousand hours for it either. I think it's something that any kind of well, thoughtful comms professional can put together. Well, you haven't talked to the crisis firms; they need to bill a thousand hours. <laughs> <laughs> right? How, how do you how do you pay for that expensive New York uh, you know downtown Manhattan real estate? Uh, yeah. Billing a thousand thousand hours yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah I, I, as usual, Dave. I think it's one of those things that like most companies don't need a crisis communications firm or team. They just need like one or two people to really think about the issues that are facing their business or that might face their business and come up with a smart plan. By the way, that's what you and I do for a living. So, uh, you know, we're here to help, but all right. So where do you want to go with this? Uh, Who's winning three sticks ballot? I agree. Let's go Walmart. All right. So we got Walmart taking the three, six battle Uh, props to Corinne Jean-Pierre. Nevertheless, uh, let's move on to our yeah, props uh, last... to her, man. That that that's awesome. It's it's you know, representation matters, and I'm glad I'm glad she's behind the pulpit there. Absolutely. All right. So one more matchup, and then we're going to move a little more quickly here to uh, to the champion for the week. But the last set of uh, competitors this week in the four five spot, 
Uh, in the fourth spot, important story this week, we've got uh, the Biden administration deciding that the uh, investigation into the genesis of COVID uh, needs to be re-examined. We're going we're gonna to take another look at that. They're not so sure that uh, we got it from the bats. Uh, it might have been, uh, I don't know, maybe something that was developed in a Wuhan lab and, and accidentally escaped. So that, that story is in the four spot. And in the five spot, we've got a story out of, I think it was in the San Jose Mercury News here in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. A story is about how counties, uh, in this case, Santa Clara County, I believe, was very slow, has been slow to update its COVID guidelines and communicate to, uh, to, you know, to residents of Santa Clara County how they should adjust to new masking guidelines specifically. So that's the five, uh, five spot story. So we got the COVID investigation into the genesis of, uh, of COVID in, in China versus the, the more local story of, uh, of counties kind of slow to update their masking guidelines. This is like the number one and number eight matchup that we started this conversation off with, mm. right? So okay. the, the Biden COVID investigation story is interesting. Like that's straight up like... Uh, uh, I'd watch that movie. I'd watch yes, that exactly. Movie. Yeah, that right? movie. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah. That, that should be awesome and cool if they figure it out. And I'm pretty sure it was done in a lab. Well, what was that movie? It was Outbreak or something like that? Yeah, Outbreak. With, uh, or no, Contagion? No, Outbreak. Conta- I think. Well, they yeah. were the same thing, right? It's the same movie, right? Basically. Comes out with the same movie every three or four years. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that, that, that one sounds interesting. And, uh, you know, uh, honestly, uh, where were those stories headed? Where it may have come out of the lab in Wuhan? I I, I wouldn't put it past it. <laughs> you no. know, no, like that, that's easy to. Uh, you could go a hundred. Very days. very plausible. How about that? Totally, so. conspiracy theorists are are super pumped about that story, um, and, and you could easily see you know the Chinese government deciding to. I mean, there's so many ways you could scramble that story. They did it on purpose. It was in, it was unintentional. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's warfare. Uh, it was an accident, uh, but either way, you know, if it turns out that it did, it was manufactured in China, then there's definitely a cover-up, which, you know, kind of brings us to the comms aspect of it, like how they yeah. have spun the story uh, since then. But, but, but on, the, on the local side, I mean, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, this is a thing I live in. Like, uh, oh, go ahead. You're going to say something. No, I, I have to laugh at this because who knows what to do, right? Like yeah. the county slow to update guidelines are slow. I, so first of all, props to all county workers and the people that ha- or who've been put in charge of handling a pandemic without right. knowing what to do, right? So the past year has been crazy. They've taken a lot of heat. Uh, and now that they're, you know, we're seemingly safe, people are wanting to rush to it. Even myself, I'm like, all right, here in California, you know, we got to wear masks until January, June 15th. But the federal government said, no, you can take it off now, dude. You're vaccinated. Go have fun. And I'm like, how do I manage that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So um, the calm nightmare is what it well, is. We've talked about well, it. It's, it's a debacle. Yeah. 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 Well, what's messed up, though? And I think this is where local government is getting it wrong, either being state or county. When the pandemic broke out, they quickly adopted CDC guidelines. Stay inside your house. Put a mask on. Don't gather with people. And, it, right. you know, they just went for it. And now they're not quickly adopting the same CDC guidelines that they had 
done before, which is, you know, you're allowed outside without a mask on. And, That's right. You know, it's like, a credit, they, they've created a credibility issue for themselves. At first, they're like, hey, we've got to trust the scientists. They're telling us what we're supposed to do. We've got to do that, too. And now they're like, eh, maybe in a few weeks. I, I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I, I'm like, like confusing uh, as hell. You know, well, I, I trusted CDC guidance before. I'm going to trust it now. And then now you're telling me not to trust it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's a mess and it's creating all kinds of problems for businesses. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're, they're turning off, you know, uh, um, shoppers, they're turning off uh, residents. Um, they're pissing people off. I mean, it's, it's a mess. I, I honestly, so when I, when I walk past my kid's school outside across the street, and I see the kids at PE and they're all like 12 feet apart wearing masks outside during PE. And I'm just going, what are we doing here? Like, I, I thought they told us that we don't need to do this anymore. And it's, <laughs> like, we don't need to have like a policy conversation about this. Just take off the fucking mask. You know, yeah. Like, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are, you know, if this was a six week, a six, six week exercise, where we were told to lock down for like six weeks, maybe even eight, we would have gone back to life just as normal, right? And, and, but like you do a year of wearing a yeah. mask, people are conditioned to wear a mask, right? Like, yeah. like, you know, like, is it okay to step outside and touch somebody? Last night I yeah. went to an event. We took off our mask because it was, it was just a small gathering and it was outdoors. Uh, but people wanted to shake my hand. And honestly, I was like, oh, my God, I haven't shook a hand in forever. Yeah. About a few days ago, it, it, yeah. it's a weird experience. It, it is. You've become it's you've become institutional uh, in a way like you're just yeah. you're conditioned, like you said, to do it a certain way. But we've got to we've got to break out of that. I think it's a, a fascinating communication story, actually. So I, I my I'm partial to that, but I'm going to let you decide. Do you I, like I think the, you know I think the four and five matchup is is uh, pretty close, but I'm going to go with number five from a comms perspective. They they got to fix that and figure that out. So okay, so here we go. I'm with you. Um, so we, we discussed now, these. Now we can just kind of knock these out. Exactly, right? and we can move on to the next thing. So we, what we have in the one eight. So we've got. Um, Donovan Mitchell story going up against the counties slow to respond to masking guidelines story. So which of those two stories do you think is the more important comm story? Donovan versus who? Uh, versus eight? the one we just talked about, the counties being slow to update their masking guidelines. Oh, number the mask guidelines. That, that, yeah. That's got yeah, legs. Yeah. That's got legs. All right. So we're going with the mask. We're going with the uh, number five wins. And yeah. I'm just updating this in real time. Uh, yeah, and then in the in the second uh, semifinal game, we've got uh, Amazon buying MGM, going up against the Walmart story. The oh, Walmart, from Walmart, Walmart, Walmart is that story. You got to figure that out from a comms perspective. All right, so now for the championship this week, we've <laughs> got yeah, we've got the uh, the counties being slow to update their guidelines versus the uh, the racist emails. Uh, in, from from Walmart, from Walmart. So the winner, it, it's those two going head to head for the champion yeah. championship uh, this week. Who do you like? All right. So from Walmart, they can handle that if they do the right things, as we talked about on the crisis front. Yeah. Uh, county slow to update guidelines. That's going to be an ongoing story. What happens after June fifteenth here? What happens again if the things start to tick up? Who knows what's going to happen? So. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the county slow to update guidelines and, and the number five, I guess they're number five. Yeah. Coming out of the middle of the pack. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of the middle of the pack. Unexpected. Usually one and two seeds win this stuff. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, we've got an upset. Uh, the number five uh, story of the week, the county slow to update masking guidelines takes the cake and wins the championship. I, I think you're right. June, by the way, this June 15th thing, it feels so ridiculously Artif arbitrary to me arbitrary artificial like, yeah <laughs> so i pulled that shit out of a hat you know and, and, <laughs> and like oh let's go with the 16th at you know two o'clock i mean it, it's it's just insane uh and i think you're right i think from a comms perspective it's it's an important issue for us here in california but it's an important issue nationally and it's going to be a really important issue over the year over the rest of this year and and who knows for how long as the situation changes relative to COVID and they've got to implement or re-implement guidelines. Um, credibility is really important when it comes to communications. And I fear that uh, at the local level in some places and certainly at the state and national level in some places, credibility is, is diminished or lacking. And I think that's, uh, that's a top-down problem. And yeah. I think the federal government needs to be more involved in, in, in not just offering guidance, but uh, actually directing uh, states at a minimum, if not counties, states at a minimum to do certain things as opposed to delegating that responsibility, well, which is where I think, you know, they I mean, I think, I think you started this conversation. You can look at the news and try, you know, there's always different ways to handle it from the communications perspective. And, you know, th this is a good exercise in, 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 in applying the profession to it. So absolutely. All right. So there you go, man. That was our, I, we don't ever have to do that again. If you think that was stupid, but if, uh, if our listeners, our, our, you know, our gentle, gentle audience uh, has an interest. We could do something like that again, but I, I thought that might be a nice uh, you, you, spin you know, on the news this week. You know what they do like? I'll tell you what they do like. Tell me. Knowing what dumb shit PR agencies do. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it, that's, that's because if I think they got a lot of clicks, agency, there, there's no shortage of, of dumb shit. It's all, it's all pretty stupid. Um, yeah, you're right. So we, that's a, that's a segment for us here. Dumb shit PR agencies do. Uh, I've worked in a couple. You've you've worked in at least one, right? <laughs> on a couple of on a couple of continents to boot. Yeah, I have. Yeah, had. We we, we speak I, from experience here. So, do you want to hit on a on a couple of our favorite? I mean, I got I got a couple we we could throw at uh, throw out here. Um, one of my one of my favorite, or I guess least favorite things that uh, that PR agencies do, and and you know, this is something that. Uh, we did a lot of when I was on the agency side, especially working for Fleischman Hillard in San Francisco. They probably did this better than than anyone. I mean, it, it, if they were given awards for this kind of thing, they, they'd have to be in the uh, on the podium at least. But the the three hour strategy sessions, either with clients or without, but that always include like the most expensive bagels, uh, luxury cookies, and <laughs> and uh, and coffee. That everyone can drink and you know that shit's getting billed to some unsuspecting client you know whether the clients that you know even if the client's not there um but I, I, that is just i think that is it's just no that, that is oh i'm gonna turn this around that's some smart shit that pr oh, agencies really? do oh you got to explain that to me because they bill it right back to the client oh god but you know i mean <laughs> you, they build it right you saw the you saw it the, it oh. might be good for the bottom line first of all it's not good for the bill it's not good for the waste not, not only do they bill it back to the client they put a 17.5 percent markup on it oh because yeah it, it, it's in it's the contract grip, you see it. it's highway robbery <laughs> but, well, like wait, here's the deal here's the deal they get away with it because the client likes to be pampered and they have a budget for that 
because they get a hundred thousand dollar a year budget PR. That, that might have been the case in the old days, you know, but I, I can't imagine there's a client out there that's going, you know, bring the locks. Like I don't want just regular cream cheese, I want chives and green onions in that cream cheese. I want the jalapeno <laughs> cream cheese. And I want what what were those cookies we used to get at Fleischman Hillard? They were specialty cookies, dude. Specialty cookies. Yeah. Right? Those <laughs> things were like four bucks a piece. <laughs> You know, like there's a whole meal in those cookies, (laughs) but I can't imagine like, do you have much waste and how many times we like overspent and like, they're just like gobs of. Oh, dude, you know, you loved it because when you weren't in that meeting, you know, you were eyeballing that food. When the leftovers (laughs) there, you were in the kitchen. I was a struggling account executive at the time. (laughs) I could barely pay rent. That that actually was my dinner. <laughs> on more than one occasion, you took over a leftover sandwich at a like six o'clock at house. I'm bringing that home, but I, I just I put that in the category of dumb shit agencies do because honestly, these days especially when I think we're a little bit more you know cognizant of PR spend as we should be, uh, <laughs> you know there isn't a company out there that's like, hey, you know what I really want my agency to do is to like show up with a four hundred dollar you know charcuterie spread. Uh, and, and I don't mind, you know, paying for that because, you know, we're going to kick around comms ideas for three hours. And by the way, the comms conversation doesn't need to last three hours either. Like if you can't get it done in like 54 minutes, you're doing something wrong, PR agency. So get your uh, shit together. That's funny. You know what else is a big waste of time? Dumb shit that they do? Again, I want to turn this around and dumb shit that clients have agencies do is okay. awards programs. Oh, God. So listen. There are awards out there that you can earn, absolutely earn, but you have to like earn it either by creating a new technology, um, uh, doing good for the community, uh, you know, winning the CNBC award for the best stock market performance, you know, stock performance of the year, whatever it is, they'll they'll give you those. There are other awards that, is run like a business where you pay fees to apply and then you get a piece of paper that that says uh you want an award whether it be the storage networking award or the you know the edison award which is a total ripoff by the way i actually think content for the sake of content isn't always a bad idea if you want to pay a hundred bucks, or even sometimes these awards aren't paid, but they're like, we all know that they're kind of bullshit awards. If you want to do that, so you can produce some content, put something on the wire on your website, uh, go right ahead. Here's that, what I- Go ahead, I'll let you yeah, here, Here's the issue that I have with the awards, and I'll throw the speaking ops research into the same bucket, is that I think those are highly administrative tasks for the most part. There isn't a lot of like real like analysis or thinking or thought that goes into applying for, pursuing, Uh, or completing the applications for that matter for these awards. And yet agencies are more than happy to bill clients an extravagant amount of money to do exactly that. So, and by the way, I I do this stuff for my clients when they want me to do it, but I'm always clear up front. Hey, you, I'm not a cheap resource. You really don't need me to do that. There's gotta be someone on your team that's more cost-effective, but you know what? The agencies, I think by and large are like, fuck it. You know what? We're going to bill you know, uh, this junior uh, so, out at 150 bucks an hour and he's going to go create a spreadsheet no, and track yeah. all these awards. Next thing you know, the client spent 10 grand on a stupid award because the, the junior uh, AE built uh, 40 hours. So, so Kevin, I agree necessary. with you. I agree with your rant. I feel you. 
I agree that some awards are worth pursuing and you should probably look at them. What I think the dumb shit PR agencies do or the dumb shit P clients buy into is an awards program. So okay. you're going to spend yeah. like 2500 to 5k a month to, for us to manage your awards program. <laughs> like right. what? I'm going to make a spreadsheet. I'm going to track some deadlines and yeah. half of them are going to be BS and you're not going to, you're going to win one that year. Or you're going to get the one that everybody won. <laughs> like in cybersecurity, there's so many awards that you can win <laughs> and apply and the thing for. Is, like you said, from the agency perspective, it's great business, right? The yeah. markup on the person who's doing that work is huge. It's usually so an intern. Sometimes it's an intern. Intern, that's right? A, I mean, honestly, it, it should be automated at this point. Like it should be, it should be nothing. You could probably outsource that kind of work to you know overseas, and and it'd be like a, a fraction of even what you're paying your. Ooh, that's your a good intern. idea. Totally. <laughs> that's right? a good idea. So, so, but so I know why the agencies do it. So in that sense, it's not dumb, but it's dumb because they they sh they're taking advantage of their clients. They shouldn't be doing business this way. Like the, the, these agencies, this is why they're so bloated and unnecessary for the most part because they charge for ridiculous things. And you know, as I we said. I bet Go you ahead. there's an agency out there outsourcing awards to somebody in India um, and charging that, you know, they're making like good, mo good money in India. And then they're, they're putting a markup on it's, it when they deliver it back. Exactly. <laughs> it's just bad for the agency's credibility. It's bad. Honestly, it makes the, it makes the comms PR profession look shadier than it is or than it needs to look. Uh, it makes us all look bad. You know, we're, we're guilty by association. I don't want to be in that boat. Wait, so what advice are you, so you, the advice you're giving them is don't My waste too much time. My advice is for clients to do that stuff as much as possible internally to you know, find a much less expensive resource than an agency or even than you or I do that stuff on your own, save the money. And, you know, you have a better sense of the value when you're doing it that way. I, I just think outsourcing that to an agency is awful. It's good for the agency. It's bad for the client. Don't do it. All right, let's keep this dumb shit PR agencies do do on the docket because we've got, I'm sure we've got a list of others Absolutely. To, to do that. We're coming up near the end here, Kevin. Yeah. Let's get back to the other one, rep, fire, refer. Mm. I'm going to give these to you today. Uh, I, okay. I think, you know, um, these, are, these are good ones. So you get to rent. So you pick one, you fire one, and you refer one. All right, All right. here we go. You ready? Unvaccinated Go. people, right? One, teachers union, and yeah. the Belarusian dictator. I forget the guy's name, <laughs> Alexander. Uh, whatever. I had it a few minutes ago. Uh, uh, well, he's a Lukashenko. Wait a second. What is that guy's yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. Alexander Lukashenko. G. Lukashenko. Lukashenko sounds like Lukashenko. a boxer. Like maybe he was. <laughs> did he fight Rocky in like Rocky Seven? It's yeah, possible. no, dude. He takes down yeah. planes. All right. You're right. Exactly. Uh, oh, he punches him. Uh, all right. So I got a rep fire and refer here. Um, I, this, this, this is kind of easy for me. The, the teachers union is a no brainer. Those guys are fired. They're out fired. The teachers union. Fired the teachers union. Oh, dude, like that, I, I that is, that... <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm as liberal as they get, Dave, but they, they totally bailed. Teachers bailed on this school. Now I have some friends who are teachers who have said to me, you know, I want to go back. I wish I was back a year ago. This is ridiculous. I don't support the teachers union, but I got no choice. I'm not against any of those people. But if you're a teacher that said, you know what? We can't go back to school for 15 months. Uh, and, and we think that's just okay. Um, F you, you're out for me. You're fired. I just, I can't do business with you. 
I can't. You just you totally bailed on my kids this year. Uh, I, I, on kids I think all over the place. Uh, I it's think it's a great distinction. It's a great distinction. The teachers' union, not the teachers, right? Yeah. So, so not every teacher. Plenty of teachers. You know, plenty of teachers that that just mailed it in. That decided we weren't going to provide any in-person instruction the entire year, dating back to spring last year, and decided, you know what? It's just too dangerous for us to do this when, you know, much of the science for the past at least six months has told us, you know, it's okay to be back in person. You can do it. And they're still like, nah, we're not going to go. We don't, you know, we don't feel like it. Uh, they've got every excuse in the book. They're using it as leverage. I wouldn't work with those people, uh, work with the teachers union if, uh, I don't know, if you, if you transferred, uh, you know, half of uh, Jeff Bezos' stock in Amazon <laughs> to me. I want nothing to do with those guys. So they're, they're fired. Fired. The union is fired. Um, I, I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to refer the Belarusian dictator because I got to believe like in Eastern Europe and, you know, in China, maybe in, in Russia, like the, these guys are like, you know what, uh, this guy's got a pretty good idea. Like we got to clamp down. And so my guess is that there are people out there that would be happy to represent the Belarusian dictator and plenty of other dictators or, or dictator like people, uh, even when they have shitty ideas around, you know, freedom of speech and human rights. Uh, my guess is there's plenty of people out there willing to represent. Yeah, them, so I, I, I'll kick it over to them. I, I, yeah. Is there any incentive to vi visit Belarus? I don't know much about that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like it's, maybe it's beautiful in, in the spring. Like <laughs> it's possible, but you know what? I'm not going to deal with it. That's my feeling. Yeah. On that one. I'm going to let someone else have that, but my guess is that there are people out there that'd be happy to take them on. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe some former Trump associates. I don't know. There's yeah. probably some, uh, some people out there that'd be happy. Uh, what's that Michael Flynn guy? Maybe he would do it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to represent the unvaccinated people. And, and I got to be, I tell you, man, like I am vaccinated. I think everybody should get vaccinated. I want to go back to living the way that I lived before, but I do know enough people who have reservations about getting vaccinated. And I get the whole point about uh, the impact on the community. And, and I, I totally understand that. But I also appreciate the perspective of people who say, you know what, this is still new. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a healthy person. My family is healthy. Uh, I'm really just not sure yet whether I want to get vaccinated and I'm not ready to jump into it. And by the way, I don't like the fact that I'm made to feel like a pariah or I've got to wear like a scarlet letter because I decided not to do it yet. Um, so I might not agree with that line of thinking entirely, but I get it. And, uh, and I think there's a, a reasonable case. So you can rep made. them. I'm going to rep them. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought there them. was a, I thought there was an easy, easier barometer to, to gauge. I mean, like, do you know how to tell between vaccinated people and unvaccinated people? <laughs> no, what is it? I hear a Jimmy Kimmel joke coming. Go ahead. <laughs> Ask him who they voted for president. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you could do it that way. You absolutely could. You draw, you can draw it along those lines. It's pretty clear. But I tell you, the funny thing is, right, that the anti-vax community, I don't think they were all Republicans before COVID uh, or Trump. Like there were plenty of like uh, granola, earthy, you know. Uh, how are you going to rep? How are you going to rep unvaccinated people? What do you do? What do you say to them? How do you talk to the media about You this? start by saying uh, it hasn't been approved by the federal government yet. The vaccine hasn't been approved. It's, it's an emergency use authorization. It's not, uh, it's not official. So, uh, you know, so you start with that. Then you say, uh, you know, how long does uh, the vaccination last? Is it, does it last longer than, it, you know, natural immunity? 
because if I've been, if I've had COVID before, why would I get a vaccination now? Yeah. Right. So that's the second point. Right. And then, uh, you know, you probably go into this whole thing about like, what about like freedom of, you know, this is my body. Like I, I thought, you know, I thought we care about like people having the ability to control what happens to them, right. Individual freedoms. And, and again, I understand the community aspect of it too, but I think there is a like, Hey, I don't necessarily want to put that in my body. Like I feel I'm healthy. I'm strong. My family is healthy and strong. Um, 99% of people recover from this virus. Why, why are you getting to decide what I put inside my body all of a sudden? Who, who gave you yeah, that? Right? Well, you, you have a, uh, you have interesting work there if you're going to be repping them. Right. <laughs> and again, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I do get it. Uh, I think it'd be a, an interesting uh, client to rep. So I'm, I'm going to rep the unvaccinated uh, for the purposes of our. I, I like the three we chose this week, Kevin. I like the three that we chose this week. So. Right on, man. All right. Uh, that's the end of our show. All thanks for listening. For those of you in the United States, please enjoy the long holiday weekend. It's Memorial Day. Uh, Kevin, we started this, I think, in January. Next month is June. So we yeah. are we're rolling right along. I love it, man. Having a good time. All right, guys. Everyone, take care. Time after time, I told myself.